0: Food Heals Podcast, episode 43.
1: That is where you become the magic pill, because you transform into that new reality and you watch it blossom before your very eyes.
0: I love that. You are the magic pill. <laughs>
1: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.
0: All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Alita McDaniel. Alita is an intuitive life strategist, culinary artist, Personal trainer and Galactic Rainbow Unicorn. I I can't wait to find out what that
2: means. I know. A galactic rainbow unicorn? (laughs) I wish I had come up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Alita's experience includes over a decade of culinary arts, personal training, life coaching, holistic health coaching, study of comparative religions, and certifications in universal intelligence mentorship, twelve strand DNA healing, group consciousness, and the intuitive business coaching program, All-Knowing Entrepreneurship. Damn, girl, that's a lot. Is that all? Is that all you have, Alita? (laughs) Wow. But before we get to our interview with Alita, we have to tell you about today's sponsor.
0: Our sponsor today is Thrive Market, which I
2: am completely and totally self-admittedly obsessed with. (laughs) Thrive Market (laughs) is a membership-based online shopping club on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. For less than $5 a
0: month, which is $59.95 annually, Thrive Market members can buy the best-selling healthy foods and wholesome products in everyday sizes. And it's always 25 to 50% below retail prices. And you can't say that for these other grocery stores, right? It's like Costco and Whole Foods had a baby.
2: It's like a super healthy, large-sized baby at affordable prices. Right? (laughs) Exactly. And Susie,
0: I'm also about to blow your mind right now because did you know that they have essential
2: oils for like 43% off retail price? What? (laughs) Really? I swear. I did not know that. And I do. I work with essential oils all the time. They're very healing and they're very costly because it takes a lot of plant to make an essential oil. So the fact that they can find a way to make it affordable. That's amazing. Susie, I just bought lemon essential oil for $4. I don't believe you. (laughs) I'm going to have to go order some myself. I don't believe her.
0: Look it up. It's true, Food Heals Nation. I would never lie to you. And when you become a member, ThriveMarket.com will donate a free membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a military family because they believe that we should all thrive together. And I just love that.
2: That's awesome. Like, that's the future of companies, right? It really is. They're really like putting out a model that everybody can get behind. It's sustainable and it's helping everyone. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com slash foodheals to start your free two-month trial. That's right, for free and get 15% off your first order. Thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. Next up, our
0: interview with Alita.
2: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: All right. Today, we are here with a very cool guest, Alita McDaniel. Alita has been working with quantum consciousness for over a decade, teaching intuitive wellness, facilitating divine intelligence workshops, and crafting life mastery programs inspired by
2: tapping into the fabric of the universe. In order to create the flow of abundance in any area of life, Alita masterfully reaches into the depths of one's soul to find answers about what's standing in the way. How to clear it and what needs creation moving forward for the highest good. These messages are intuitive and skillfully provided by the guides of her clients. Welcome, Alita. Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's Thanks so for ni- being
2: here. It's so nice to have you here. I am fascinated. I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so
0: much. We love the spiritual shit. Yeah, we do.
2: <laughs>
1: so good. <laughs>
0: All right, well, we've gone through your bio a little bit, but tell us really who you are and what you do.
1: You know what? I I guess I'm a soul traveler. Um, It started when I was at USM. I think, is when I really found out who I really am. Which USM, for anyone listening, is University of Santa Monica, which is where I met Alita, and we both attended school there. Amen to that. So good. Um, and while I was there, uh, I got my call to be a spiritual teacher and I went home and I thought, you know, people are going to think I've freaking lost my mind. And, you know, I, <laughs> yep. I can't I can't go back and tell them, oh yeah, I've had the spiritual awakening <laughs> and you should listen to me. You know, and so I spent the next six months trying to validate myself. I wrote a book in two days, trying to, you know, prove my, myself worthy. And, um, you know, about six months later I had a near death experience. And that is when I opened my eyes to consciousness and figure out what the hell am I doing here? And it really showed me that, you know, my purpose here is to remind people of what their soul purpose is. You know, if I can help to bring out the goodness in them, remind them that they are an embodiment of soul, of source, of consciousness, of God itself, then they're able to see their potential. They're able to wake up and, and live the life that they truly desire and deserve. But until then, they're, they're still trying to fit into the social norms. They're still trying to fit into the box and, and seek outside validation. So what I do is I help, people rem- I help to remind people of that inner truth.
0: Amen to that. (laughs) Wow, Obi likes it too. Obi likes it too. (laughs) That is a very,
1: very noble cause. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Obi is really excited about that. No, I love what you're doing. It's so exciting. And the way that you just said that, like I wish that I could go back and listen to that and really have a clear picture of like, the way that you can affect people with that knowledge and that understanding, and I know that you and I went through this program and we learned all these things, but like the fact that you're applying it to
1: not only your own life but also your clients and friends and family's lives is really incredible. You know, it's funny that you say that because there were some good friends of mine, uh, Preston Smiles and Lexi Panos. We were having a conversation one day. Actually, it was on New Year's Eve, and they were we were talking about how you know while we receive messages from spirit. It's selfish for us to keep them to ourselves you know it's they're given to us not for us to hold them for ourselves but to share them with the world and i think you know from my own experience in working with clients we forget that the gifts that we're given the the natural strengths and talents that we're given aren't just given to us to benefit from They're to inspire others and to share with others. And and we forget to unwrap the fullness of what that gift is. And I always go back to, you know, the story of when we first had gift bags. Remember when gift bags first came out, um, my mom used to wrap uh, a bunch of tiny little things in in their own pieces of paper, Mm -hmm. but people didn't understand the concept of the bag. So they would open up one and be like, oh, this is great. And they forget, or they would not even realize that there was more to unwrap. (laughs) And so now I'm realizing that, you know, what I'm getting these gifts but as I look at that gift there's so much more beneath the surface and I have to continue to unwrap it every single day to really understand what that purpose is and why I'm being given that gift
0: that's beautiful I love that comparison yeah um, so before you were this like radiant individual in front of us doing everything that you're doing, <laughs> tell us about your before and how you made the transition. I know that you have a really empowering story on your website of like how you lost weight and really changed your life. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, I spent the first 20 years of my life just really struggling with depression, obesity. Uh, I had a lot of chronic illnesses, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Um, I had symptoms of Ep- Epstein-Barr. And, all and you the- were 20 years old. Yeah, I was 20. Um, I was 21 one, when I got a third different diagnosis from a doctor to go on Prozac, I went in for cold and flu symptoms. And the doctor said, look, you know what? Something's got to change in your life. Let me just give you some Prozac and and it'll make you feel better. And progressively we'll just up the dosage as you need more. And I said, you know what? I can't do this. this. You're the third person who's tried to tell me that. So I, I called my mom from the parking lot. I was in tears, and she's Aww. in tears, and you know, and and she went to the store to go find me some natural remedies. She brought me home kava kava, and it was at that moment I realized I could not take kava kava because I've spent three days in fetal position crying my eyes out. Wow! So I had to make some serious life changes, and I I decided. Well, I've been on every diet under the sun. And obviously I'm addicted to food. So I've got to find a way to make food healthy for me. And that was when I decided to go to culinary school. And it was while I was in culinary school that I found, you know, I found my power. Uh, I was able to learn about nutrition mainly because um, as I went there, I I realized that I couldn't just do it for me. I had to go teach other people. You know, if if I'm going to go do this, I need to share it with somebody. I've always known that in my heart. And I was running down the staircase of my dorms, and I was so big at the time that I stopped dead in my tracks because I heard this really strange noise. And I realized it was my thigh slapping together <laughs> as I was running down the stairs. And I thought, okay, this is just ridiculous. If I'm going to go teach other people, I've got to change my life. And it was at that moment that I started buying every fitness magazine, shopping at GNC, changing my food. And then when I graduated, I, I started working you know, more to really understand spa cuisine and healthy cuisine. And, and I, I ended up losing 80 pounds. Wow. And in that process of losing 80 pounds, a lot of my chronic illnesses just started to dwindle away. And it was pretty miraculous how you know that correlation happened. But in that moment, so much of my life changed. And that was when I decided, you know what? I love the food industry and i'm I'm doing my dream job. but this is not where I want to be. And I left cold turkey to become a personal trainer because I I realized I needed to go do that hands-on work. That's amazing. Thank you.
0: And 80 pounds, that's like a 10-year-old kid, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not small
1: potatoes. Can you imagine the pain that you feel on your joints and in your head all day long when, you know, when you're carrying that around? It's, It's miserable.
0: Yeah. Yeah and the physical weight we always hear is related to the emotional weight, emotional baggage we carry, right? Can you talk a little bit about that and letting that go?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty incredible you asked this question because that was one of the things that I worked on at USM that led to my near death experience. Um I my parents divorced when I was 6 and I was molested as a young, very young child. And there was a lot of a lot of friction going on over the course of my life where um, I was exposed to different things that children shouldn't be exposed to, right? Mm-hmm. You just they just don't have the context to understand. And so I was I was harboring a lot of guilt for taking ownership that I was allowing those things to happen, as if it was my fault. And so I I, I was realizing that you know I was was not feeling worthy enough to take ownership of my life. I was pointing the finger and blame at other people. And when I went on the the journey to finally lose the weight once and for all. That was when I really started understanding that, you know, nobody's going to fix my life except for me. Nobody's going to change my life except for me. And at the same time, that was when I started my spiritual journey. So I was doing yoga every single day. I was reading books by Alan Watts, Thich Nhat On, Lama Surya Das. Um, I started experimenting with mushrooms, you know, this whole this whole awakening experience for me was just you know, to stop judging myself for wanting to know more, stop judging myself for wanting to understand. And rather than holding myself to that victim identity, I was choosing to to see what other identity I could create, and that was really the process. But what was fascinating was I, I was I remember I was at USM in that final week of lab, and it was midweek. And one of the professors said, she said, you know, bring something that you have been afraid to talk about this entire time. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm good. I got this. I have cleared so much. I feel amazing. And all of a sudden, I hear this little voice inside me go, you have a body image issue. And I was like, oh, hell no. to be joking. I was like, "Okay, fine. I'm going to work through this. And as soon as that happened, I started feeling sick. Like, I mean, just like physically ill. Now, at so, this point,
2: you had lost the weight.
1: I had already lost the weight. So you, yeah, years phys- later. you
2: looked to everybody else like you do now. Yeah. Which is fit and beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: apparently I had done the physical work and I had worked to do what was on the outside, right. but on the inside, apparently there was still some sort of an issue and it was affecting my ability to be able to to live my life purpose. And so literally uh, the day after lab ended, I ended up in the hospital um, or actually I I got sick and had miscarriage. I didn't know I was pregnant.
0: Oh my And I waited six
1: days because I'm like, ah, it's just a spiritual cleansing. I'll just deal with it. I'll be fine. So six days later, I'm in the hospital. And not only do I have surgery that night, the doctors find an autoimmune virus in my body called strep group A now this was eating my blood from the inside out. Oh my god. So I was like 0.2 away from needing a transfusion. And so for four straight days, they've got me in the hospital trying to get my 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 fever down. So I share this story because it's it's a powerful testament to the understanding that I had a lot of self-loathing that was coming to the surface. And autoimmune viruses such as Epstein-Barr, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, you know, strep group A, are usually an indication that we have a lot of emotional baggage and a lot of self-judgment that's beneath the surface. And as I sat in that hospital, I realized that's really what's coming to the surface. And until I fix that, I will not be able to leave this hospital.
2: Now, I have to jump in here, Alita. I have a question yeah. for you because I know probably some of our listeners would say, you know, if you had a, you had a virus, because mm-hmm. I actually, for my own self, have dealt with my own self-loathing for other, my own reasons mm-hmm. and was seeing someone who practiced applied kinesiology and he started talking about you're a step away from autoimmune stuff and he listed off a bunch of them like any one of these and I was like, oh my God, I have to change the way I feel about myself. I could be, I could get something, some kind of autoimmune issue. However, you said you had a virus. So what would you say to someone that says, well, that's, that's a virus. That's a specific thing. What does it have to do with emotions? What would you say to that person?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. So we're going to dabble into consciousness now. And there's this understanding with consciousness. If anybody has heard of the secret, the law of attraction, sure. when we have a certain emotion within us, such as I am a victim or i'm affected by other people or other people's choices impact me that belief creates a bridge for viruses to come into our body okay it's a, it's a virus of the mind so it's disease of the mind so when we open up that bridge and we believe that we're a victim we allow cold and flu viruses any type of virus that is you know um contagious quote unquote to enter into our body and our body to embrace it as identity. Mm. So all of a sudden, what happens is we, we have these claims, I'm sick, my illness, my disease, right? My injury. We start claiming it as our identity. And what happens is the brain, the brain doesn't know anything other than to make real of our thoughts. Yeah. So it will literally create the emotions, the hormones, everything to continually support the identity that we're choosing. So, you know, when it comes to virus, when it comes to, you know, autoimmune, either of the two, you know, you really, you really have to bridge the gap um, and understand, you know, what kind of beliefs you're putting out into the world Mm -hmm. that are leaving you open and susceptible to those types of things. When you think of the energy of the immune system, all the immune system knows is me, not me. So, you know, when you claim an identity, The immune system is like, oh, that's me. Okay, that's me. Okay, that's me. So I'm just going to keep taking it and I'm going to try to fight it. But, mm, you know, it's, it's, I'm just going to still keep, keep it there. And I'm not going to really be able to, because you're keep holding it. I I can't really fight it because, because you keep bringing it in. Mm -hmm. So you're just programming the body to accept those viruses and to accept those, those diseases and those illnesses as your own. That
2: is the best explanation of what I asked. I'm floored by that. That's really fast. I have to think on that.
0: Mind equals blown. Yes. And like we went to school together and everything that you're saying like is definitely something that they would preach or talk about, but the way you just broke it down, I think is really, really powerful. And so I look forward to getting this transcript to this so I can like reread it and go, okay, number one, do like understand this, understand that. Like it's, it's amazing.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I truly love this stuff and I, I find myself geeking out on it a lot. (laughs) No, I love this stuff too. I mean, yeah. Okay. Tell us about the law
0: of attraction.
1: Law of Attraction, wow! So it's something that I found um, right around the time that I was losing weight. Jerry Nestor Hicks, Abraham. Yep, yep, um, we love him. Yeah, so good. And it was at a time in my life where I was I was looking for answers. And I remember when I first I, I read a book, "Power of Intention" by Wayne Dyer. Yes, and R.I.P. Wayne Dyer. We love him. Yes. Oh and he said he said that he had a plaque on his wall that said something to the effect of it was like a reminder that you know if if you were looking in on yourself right now throwing a temper tantrum you know you'd be laughing at yourself right now cuz if you knew <laughs> your your true potential you'd be laughing at the temper tantrum that you're throwing when you could be creating something different and it was in that moment i looked back on all over the course of my life and thought of all the things I've been able to make happen by just setting my mind to it, setting the intention and how easy things fall into my lap when I just allow them to. And so when it comes to the law of attraction, you know, the terminology is that which is like unto itself is drawn. So a lot of people, you know, they saw the secret and they're like, oh yeah, I want a million dollars. And so I'm just going to set my intention. I'm going to have a million dollars. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to cross my legs and I'm going to wait for it to happen. And when it doesn't happen, people curse the universe. They curse God. They're like, fine, this doesn't work, whatever. Right. Right. But they don't realize they're actually creating the opposite of it because they're so focused on the things that they don't want. They're focused on scarcity. They're focused on lack. They're focused on victim. They're focused on, you know, I never get what I want and people always hurt me and people always backstab me and they, they're creating more of it. So the law of attraction is basically the understanding that the universe is going to give you the only thing that you focus on the most. And if that's lack and that's scarcity, the universe says, I love you so much. I want you to have exactly what you want. And if that's what you're going to focus on, I'm going to give you that in abundance, because that's the only way that the universe works. So I teach my clients how to to hone in on that. When we decide that we want to change something in our life, we have to focus on aligning not only our thoughts, but our actions, our choices, our habits. And we have to really think about that person that we want to become. So that you know rather than trying to be that person from where we are now, we have to start communicating with that other being and and basically having a conversation, having dialogue. who do I need to become to get to where you're at? What do I need to change in my life to become where to, to get to where you're at? you know we take it a, a step further and and you know quantum physicists are proving that there are infinite realities that are existing right now at this time, so each and every one of us has an infinite number of potential us's that, that exist. blows my mind. Right. When, we get, when we get to that
2: stuff, I'm just like, uh, I, what? How does that
1: even, well, how? It's, that blows my mind. Yeah. So it's really incredible The the simplicity of it is, is that when you, when you bring a, a physical matter down to the, the tiniest minute piece, it's not actually matter at all. It's space. It's, well, space and time together, it's, it's a wave part of, it's a wave and a particle. Mm-hmm. So it's, the wave is potential. And when we, when we, when we're not looking, that wave is in multiple positions. So that electron can be anywhere in the galaxy, right. anywhere that in was the universe. In what the
2: bleep do we know? I think yeah. exactly with the basketball, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you, you as this identity, is also in multiple positions. Right. So when you choose to align your thoughts and your actions and your choices to set, you know, a very specific intention to become this person, your waves change that potential can collapse into your physical reality and you can experience that reality for your new identity. Wow! Yeah.
0: And I just want to jump in and say, if anyone listening here is like, this sounds like a bunch of new age, woohoo BS, read the book, How Quantum Physics Proves the Existence of the Soul. Because what she's talking about is not like woohoo stuff. This is physics. This is science. So for all of you out there, is like, I only believe science. This is physics. This is science. This is such a high (laughs) level of science that
2: most people can't grasp it. Oh, I can't grasp it. Please. No, I know. I can't either. I'm still sitting here scratching my head, but I know it's real. Well,
1: have, have you ever read the book Power Versus Force yes. by no. David Hawkins? Okay, yes. brilliant book, right? Brilliant book. Okay. Cool. So when you think about that, okay, everything runs on a scale. So for instance, um, joy would be on a scale. It's not, there's no opposition. It's not, I'm. I'm sad versus joy. It's I'm either experiencing joy to the fullest or I'm experiencing joy at a zero level, right? So everything calibrates at different levels so those calibrations are basically measurements of where we are in that wave of potential what we're aligning with and what we're vibrating with and what we're actually aligning with through law of attraction and so when we're able to actually kind of pinpoint where our emotions are where our thoughts are and what our where our habits are we're able to tap into the future and see where we're going what direction we're going and how we are creating that path for ourselves
2: mhm
0: Okay, let's come up with something we want to create, and then you can guide us through how to create it. Sweet.
2: Okay. Oh, you point to me? <laughs> <laughs> you're on. I said we, like something we oh, want we, to Oh, we. Okay, we, us together? But like, mm-hmm.
0: us together, or something like that's really,
2: really hot on your mind, which is why I wanted to give that up. There's something you're really thinking about <sighs> creating. See, I, myself personally, I came across, Jared, so I'm going to, before we do that, I'm just going to give a little background on on my relationship with manifesting, because I turn into a tantrum throwing toddler. <laughs> I, bl- I've listened to Jerry and Esther Hicks. I have many of their downloads. I've had their books. I love what they preach, and I have a hard time with. I, I go through a range of emotions when it when it comes to thinking about manifesting because and and just my past. So I go through. Oh my God! I create. I brought that unto myself. I'm so mad at myself. To okay, I got to stop thinking that way. Now I got to control my thoughts. To no, that's not what you're supposed to do. You got to just let it be and let it flow and just focus on the pot. So I turn into this. It, it's I, I. I'm. I'm still sorting out my own relationship with it, but I do know that in I've had many circumstances and or things that come to me where when I did just go, that would be nice, and let it go and forgot about it. And then it comes three months later. I'm like, oh, my God. Did I manifest? Yeah, I must have. Like, one of them is where I live, right by Runyon Canyon. I have a dog. I I would walk him there. I was driving down a street with these big, fat palm trees. I'm like, this is a beautiful street. I was appreciating. This is a beautiful street. It Wouldn't it be nice to live here? That was it. Then, like, a year later, I was living there. And then a couple months after that, I was like, oh, my God. I manifested this.
0: I manifested this guest house that we're in right now because I knew that I wanted an edit suite and a podcast studio. And I was like, my next move is going to have that. And I was determined on that. And every time I would think about moving, I would think about that. And I would only search for places that had guest house. And it did not take long. It took like three months. Mm -hmm. Beautiful.
1: And one of the things I want to pinpoint back to one of the things that you were saying um, with your home in in Running Canyon is you had gratitude. mm
2: -hmm.
1: And gratitude is the key. Because you know, when we act like stubborn children, I want it now. It's I, I go back to Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka yes. and the Chocolate. <laughs> and she's screaming and kicking, um, you know, because she wants something right now, immediately. And when we go into entitlement mode, entitlement is a form of scarcity, mm. and so it basically sets the intention to the universe that I I never have enough. So if we can remove that element of entitlement and forcing or attempting to push. The amount of time uh, or, or lessen the amount of time uh, it takes to get something. When we take that resistance out, we're basically getting out of the way of the universe to be able to put all the pieces together so that it can come into our life with ease and grace. But gratitude is the only way to get there. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's say, I know Susie and I are married, but let's say someone listening- Not to each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. not. Yeah. Hey, I would marry we you. I car? would marry you. I hope I think so. we're going to have an amazing marriage. you guys make know. a great couple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say someone out there wants to manifest the one or
1: their soulmate. I know you, that you talk about this.
0: Um, how would they go about it?
1: Well, the best way uh, first is to become the person that they would want to be with. Nobody can expect to have somebody to save them. Um, you know, because when you're coming from that place of you know save me, save me, uh you're gonna attract somebody who you know is really not the one you know it's and you're gonna you're in that victim mentality, so you get one more person that validates oh, I'm a victim, one more person that validates, oh, I always attract losers, right so when we come into that place of okay, this is who I want to attract, well, wait a second, what is it that I want from them? Am I treating myself the same way because you know if, if we if we're not respecting ourselves we're not making self honoring choices if we're not you know um, loving ourselves and and being you know gracious and kind and romantic with ourselves, how do we really know what we want in a partner? We can't create from a place of lack we we cannot be martyrs and expect to create abundance in a relationship. so the first step is to become the person that we would want to attract in a relationship, and by doing that, we change our vibrational scale. And we align with a completely new possibility, a new potential reality. And in doing so, we now start finding people who start to kind of sort of match what we're all about. And awesome story on this, uh, how I met my soulmate, was I took about uh, 18 months. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to be single. I'm going to be celibate. I need some time and space to figure me out. And I really worked on on bettering myself. You know, who do I have to become to be in a relationship You know, can I honestly say that I'm going to go into a relationship and understand that this relationship is going to be a mirror for my growth or am I going to go in and be triggered and point the finger and blame that they're screwing up and they're making me mad and they're wrong. And so in doing that, it helped me to basically say, literally, I remember very vividly on December 31st, I was at the beach with my friends on the love mob watching the last sunset. And I said to myself, okay, source, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I got this. You know, I'm ready for somebody to come into my life who will change me. And I'm okay with that. I'm ready to learn all the big lessons. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready for you to show me who I need to be. And that was the night that I met Will.
0: Wow. Wow. Hi, Will. (laughs) Will's in the studio, everyone. Say hi a little louder. Hello. (laughs) Is the leader your soulmate? all right he said she is her soulmate in case you couldn't hear it on the mic she is his mm-hmm. did i say it wrong again she yeah she, she is her <laughs> we'll just leave okay, it in that was brilliant <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> all of the above yes no and
1: you know what's what's really remarkable is that you know when you when you look back on the past of all the relationships that you've had it's really easy to focus on the i don't want this i don't want that i don't want this i don't want that and that's where most people fail in creating anything in their life, so you've got to strip all those things away and not act in fear or survival mode in going into the next relationship. You've got to take ownership and action for your own bullshit, and be willing to face it. Be willing to strip it away so that you know you can make room for for the goodness that can that can come into your life. And he literally does treat me like a queen, and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. So. You know, do the, do the inner work, make yourself ready and then go find a relationship. But until you're ready and until your inner work is done, don't waste your time. That, that would be yeah. my best advice.
0: I love it. And what if um someone is still married and maybe they're like, is this the person for me? Like they were at the time, but now they're fighting and they want to maybe move to divorce or they maybe want to stay together. But can they change themselves and thus change the relationship without moving towards divorce
1: and breaking up and things like that? That's a really good question. Um, Changing the relationship, Yes.
0: And let's say you're already in a relationship or you're married and you're having issues, you're having trouble. Can you change yourself without changing the other person? Because I know we all want to change the guy or change the girl, blah, blah, blah. We know that doesn't work. But what is the power of changing yourself in order to transform the relationship? What can we do?
1: Um, you know, the, the best way to approach that is to unattach from the relationship, and it doesn't mean leave. It means that you're unattaching from the outcome. Over the course of time, we all change. And as we begin to do the inner work, either A, our partner decides, yes, let's do it. I'm in. I want to do the inner work. And they work together, you know, and, and the relationship completely blossoms for the for really, truly the first time. You know, on the flip side, you know, the person who chooses to make those changes is gonna notice that the relationship may not necessarily be supporting them anymore. And, you know, in that case, one of two things will happen. Either A, you know, their partner realizes, you know what, we're going in in separate ways. Let's part ways with joy and with friendship. Or B, you know, the person the, the opposite person uh, you know, literally becomes an opposite and just thrashes out because the the person who's changing raises their vibrations so much. And misery loves company. And so that person who is miserable will go find somebody else to be miserable with. Feeders always look for, you know, people to feed them. So, you know, when when it comes to making those changes, Abraham says this beautifully, it's, I like you, let's see where this goes. And so when you're in a relationship, it's not the attachment to it's gotta be forever, because that's where the resistance comes. Mm right? That's where the fear comes in. That's where the scarcity mindset comes in. And that's where, that's where the limitations and the caged feeling comes in. And that's where we lose the freedom to be ourselves and be authentic in relationships. So if we can unattach from the fact that, ah, this has to be forever, we can create a space for forever by just being open to just let it be what it's going to be and, and know that whatever happens is for the highest good.
0: Love
2: it. That was perfect
0: okay, what about manifesting? Most people want abundance or a big house or a big car or money or a better career, all that kind of superficial stuff. How can you do that from a place of like gratitude and love and really manifest that authentically rather than surfacely? Like kind of, I feel like the secret is like that. It's like, oh, you want a new car? Just snap your fingers and dream about it. And it's like, no, that's not what this really is. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, you know, the the challenge that that we have, I think that that works against us when we're talking about the law of attraction is in society we have a right versus wrong. We have a whole system based on right versus wrong, and unfortunately when it comes to the universe there is no such thing. Um there's not even a truth versus false because everybody's truth is their own reality. And again, the universe is going to create whatever we believe. You know, so when it comes to manifesting certain things, uh, you know, the reason why people don't get what they want. Say, for instance, a car or a lot of money is becoming, because they're coming at it from a place of ego. You know, it's all about me. It's all about me. And I am the best and I want to be better than everybody else. And I want to use it for power. And, you know, and I want to show everybody that I'm better than them. And that is when it doesn't happen. You know, that is when they're not able to access because they're not in what Abraham calls the vortex. They're not in alignment with their true potential. Uh, to play
0: devil's advocate really quick, yeah. what about the CEOs that are like, you know, yeah. head of these big companies and like the Donald Trumps of the world? Like yeah. you could say
1: that about them, but they're those people. So talk. can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Passion. Passion. That's what it is. You know, it, it, for them, you know, money isn't about just the money itself. It's about the thrill of the game. Mm. So, Uh right. So, Uh you know, I I could say, you know, that that I want to make a million dollars, but how am I going to go about doing it? Am I going to have fun doing it? Because Mm -hmm. the more fun I have and the more I enjoy it, Mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be to tap into my ability to create something from it. And that's really where people struggle is they start associating and they start identifying with the hustle the grind, the struggle. Well, the more I struggle, the more I'm going to succeed. But that's not true. That's not true at all. You know, um, that's just a belief that's been implanted, you know, by your parents, by society, you know, by cultures. Absolutely. So, yeah. So
2: Protestant work ethic of the United States. <laughs> right.
1: And so so that being said, it, it really, it, it comes down to us having passion, finding our passion and turning our passion into profit. When we're not focused so much on the money that we're making, we're focused on, you know, how many lives are we touching? What are we really creating? What's the the purpose? What's the mission? You know, Donald Trump, you know, regardless of his ethics, regardless of his moral beliefs, Donald Trump's brand is insane and it's consistent and it's it's immaculate, right? And it's opulent and Donald Trump is known for that gaudy kind of, you know, (laughs) right? But he does it really well.
0: Well, he obviously
1: has a vision. There you go, right? And so if we are able to have a vision that's clear enough, the universe can match our vision with manifest. So we have to just be absolutely crystal clear on exactly what we're looking to create Donald Trump, you know, doesn't just do, he doesn't just build buildings just for himself. He builds them to have other people to enjoy this lifestyle, right? Yeah. So, you know, this point, yeah, you know, when you think about it. So when we take out the right versus wrong and we look at passion, when we follow our passion and we look at how it's going to impact the world and how it's going to impact the world is what drives us to succeed that's when we're able to really, truly access that power.
0: Love it. So we learned this at USM, University of Santa Monica, and I want to hear your take on it. So at USM, they drill this down to the bone, like you hear this every day, five times a day, you guys, okay? We are all spiritual beings having a human experience. What does that mean to you?
1: Oh, that means everything to me. That was, uh, that was part of one of my very first mantras. So we essentially are, we're, we're not necessarily just this one person that we believe that we are. Um, you know, we've had many lifetimes, not even just here on earth. In other dimensions, in other realms, maybe Stop. on other planets. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost
2: asked you about this earlier, but can you please explain?
1: <laughs> so reincarnation. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, reincarnation is, is something that we are all going through. Um, yes. If you study uh, any of the different types of religions, um, Christianity is one of the ones that kind of tries in the, the newer phases of it, they don't really talk about reincarnation. But um, if you look back at the early, uh, the early teachings of Kabbalah, Kabbalah, mm-hmm. most people call it Kabbalah, it talks about this idea that, that we were all one. We all started as one. Um, they call it the Kli, the, the original uh, cup. And we all decided as a whole that we wanted to grow. And so what we did is we decided to break apart in infinite numbers And as each of us broke apart, we all had different aspects. We all had different, you know, broken pieces, facets that we would come into this life to work on. So, you know, over the course of time, we have, as USM calls it, spiritual curriculum. So we come back into a physical body, into a human body or whatever other dimension we're in. That's what I wanted to ask you about. (laughs) Let's talk about the other dimensions. Are we talking other planets? possibly uh, yes systems? possibly all of the above yeah the the more we study it the more we begin to understand you know the, the teachings from the pleiadians and from the, the syrians yes. and the reptilians and the anunnakis and you know there's there's so much out there i mean there's so much research being I mean, done I, and i'll
2: i'll share this um if i may yeah I'm please do. You. i'm sorry no i i want to hear what you have to say but the reason i ask is because i As an actor, I went to this voice workshop and the teacher there, the first day was all about acting and alignment of the body and breathing and voice for stage. And then the second day was very esoteric, very spiritual. And we were going to chant and we were going to chant to the angels. We were chanting to the angels in order to contact and hear them, to to create a vortex, basically.
0: Hashtag only in Hollywood. (laughs) Hashtag only in Hollywood.
2: (laughs) Although this teacher is from uh, Great Britain He's the former voice director of the Shakespeare Globe. And we will put his name in the show notes. I'm blanking on it right now. I even put it on my blog once because it was such an amazing experience. Cool. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. But so we were, I was like, okay. Like, and I was going in there like, well, and I've chanted before and I found a a lot of great personal benefits from it. And I just said, oh, I'm just going to go with it. We'll see what happens. And so I closed my eyes and we chanted at like really vociferously, really Not a a soft yoga hum. It was like we were belting it out for like 20 minutes straight. And all of a sudden, I actually did what I believe here, angels. I heard noises that at first I was like, is that a dog? Because it was in this pitch that I couldn't really even, it wasn't human. And then I heard it again in a different area of the room and left that experience. We went to lunch. <laughs> we took a lunch break after that. And I was completely moved and sort of, conf- not confused, but v- very, very affected by the experience because I heard angels. And while I believed in them, I never thought I would hear them. Same teacher also spoke a lot about us being beings from other planets and having lived on them. So that's why I jumped in. I
1: want to be like, can
2: you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> that's, that's a huge,
1: huge question. Yeah. No, you know, how do how do I go about this? So basically what you experienced is it, it's our birthright. It's all of our birthright. I don't know if you guys have ever talked about the pineal gland on your show before. Not specific. Um, okay. So in, in Egyptology and you look at the hieroglyphics, you see the eye of Horus. Okay. If you do a, a linear uh, slice straight through the brain, you see the exact same shape in the center of the brain, uh, you know, accessing or showing uh, you the piece of the pineal gland. Uh, and this is uh, why we preach so much about taking fluoride out of your water and getting rid of your fluoride toothpaste is because that calcium, pi- uh, the pineal gland calcifies the more fluoride we have in our diet and in our water also with, you know, um, negative thoughts. So that pineal gland is actually kind of a representation of the third eye Yeah, and you're able to use it to tap in as an antenna to, you know, other realms, maybe spirit worlds, you know, wherever you're choosing to go. Uh, And you have the ability to be able to use it at any time. And so each of us has it for a reason. It's to communicate. So you were basically at that particular moment surrendered into allowing it to work for you. Mm -hmm. Your resistance, the the temper tantrums that you were talking about earlier, the reason why the temper tantrums come is because higher self, your higher self is wanting to talk to you. Mm. And your ego is fighting against Mm -hmm. higher self. That makes sense. And so in those moments, you're trying to become a channel. Physically, your body's like, okay, it's time. Let's wake up. And higher self is saying, okay, let's shake you. Let's make it happen. And ego's like, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear. If I hear, I'm going to lose control. So I just got chills. That's my (laughs) life story.
0: Every time I start getting guidance, I close up and I go, no, 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 no. And I think it's because I lost my parents and I'm terrified. Of feeling the feelings that it would mean to actually communicate with them, or to feel that feelings. But exactly what you said, like I had chills going up and down. So I'm like, okay, I think it's time to listen because this happens to me. Yeah, and I deny it for sure, absolutely, hundred percent.
1: You know, there's there's a reason why they're communicating with you. And and I started communicating with spirits at a very early age, and it really freaked me out because yeah. everybody, all I knew was from movies and like these evil movies. Like, yeah, oh my yeah, gosh, I'm going to be possessed by. A demon, you know? <laughs> um, but I, i when my grandma died, she started coming to me and communicating with me and my grandfather was communicating through me. And I started delivering these messages that I would not have known the answers to. And my mom is like in tears going, oh my gosh, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know it. I'm hearing it. I'm giving it to you. But, you know, to go back to the near-death experience, you know, when it was happening, I, I remember... Uh, in that moment, because I had I had become so comfortable with communicating with the other realm, I, I thought, you know what? Okay, if if I'm dying, let me just let me just die. I, I I'm okay with it. I know that it's okay on the other side because I've spoken to the the people on the other side. So that's real okay. quick, can we yeah. go back
0: to what happened? What was the near near next, the death? That experience?
1: was that was um, my miscarriage. Okay. So I literally during those six days where I was at home, just you know experiencing what I was experiencing, I was crossing over. And I would literally get up out of bed to try to go to the bathroom or maybe go try to take a shower or get in the bathtub. And I would literally just black out. Did
2: this have anything to do with the virus? Was that at the same time? Yes. It all
1: happened at the same time. So that was also a a part of it? All of it. All of it. All all at the same time. And so during, during those times, what was so fascinating was as I was starting to fall, I could see I was outside of my body and I could feel something just easing my body to the ground. Mm -hmm. It was slow. It was complete slow-mo. So it was like a feather that was going to the ground. There was something that was carrying me down to the ground. And I was basically asking the question, okay, great. So am I dying? And I'd hear this voice say, are you ready to trust me yet? And I'm like, okay. Great! I just got chills. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was on my left side. <laughs> Woo! So, so basically, you know, that happened quite a few times over the course of those six days, and I'd say, okay, fine, I I surrender. Okay, I I guess I'm dying. Am I dying? Are you ready to trust me yet? And finally, when I when I actually felt myself surrender, because as many times as I said it, I wasn't truly there. But when I finally did, it was I I crossed over and I saw the grid. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, the grid, the grid of consciousness.
0: Sounds like the Matrix.
1: Yeah, right. Well, (laughs) you know, kind of essentially it is. I mean, there's so much truth to those movies. It's kind of crazy. But um, the grid of consciousness, essentially, um, from what I've been shown, literally is kind of like it looked like uh, something out of Tron, Mm -hmm. you know, where it was it it was kind of flat uh, and and there were grid lines. illuminated grid lines. And, and this voice was inside of me. It was one with me. And it was, you know, basically saying, look at this. Watch as you have an intention. You you set an intention right now. That grid manifested into something before my very eyes. So I was able to watch it in a physical form and be able to say, oh, oh, that's how easy it happens. Oh, now it makes sense. You know, because I was looking at it through human eyes, going, "Okay, God, I gotta wait around. Now I've got to be nice to this person who I don't even <laughs> like." You know, but be, but, but in that space of of actually seeing it and having something visual uh, and 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 almost tactile, it helped me to really be able to understand what was really happening. So,
0: all right, this is so interesting. We have to take a break so we can tell you about our sponsors, but. When we come back, we're going to try to get to all of these things, but I really want to hear about health from a consciousness perspective and how to tune into the body for a better understanding of intuitive weight loss, which is what Alita did. And I'm sure we're going to get to lots more things because you guys know us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Food Heals Nation, if you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because you know that food heals.
2: The problem is that good, healthy food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. That's why we were thrilled to discover Thrive Market. Thrivemarket.com is like the Costco for everything healthy online. That's right, it's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices, shipped nationally for free. They have brands that I buy all the
0: time like Simply Organic, Garden of Life, Dr. Bronner's, Tom's, Nutiva, Seventh Generation, Gaia, and so many more. So basically
2: everything I'm already buying at Whole Foods, right? Exactly, but at 25 to 50% off. And you can easily filter everything by your preferences. Gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, and even fair trade. But what I love most about Thrive Market is their charitable cause. For
0: every paid membership, ThriveMarket.com donates a free membership to a low-income
2: family, a teacher, or a military family. How awesome is that? This is a game-changer, Food Heals Nation, because you never have to pay full price for healthy foods again. That's why we scored an exclusive discount for you. Yes, so check out Thrive Market and get two months free membership
0: plus 15% off your first order.
2: Join the movement at thrivemarket.com slash Heels. You're listening to the Food Heals
1: Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
2: All right,
0: Food Heals Nation, we're back with Alita McDaniel, who's a self-proclaimed, super spunky, charismatic lady who loves having fun-filled adventures.
2: You'd never know that she spent years trying to figure out why the hell she is alive. We're still trying to figure out that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For myself, yeah.
0: All right. So, Alita, give us some of your tips for how to be healthy from a conscious perspective, which is not something we usually talk about. We always talk about the food, what to eat. Let's talk about it from a conscious perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, The first thing you got to do is stop beating yourself up. Uh, Your relationship with food is actually why your body responds to food the way that it does. So if you eat something and you feel guilt about it, your body is going to feel sick. Your body is going to get sick because you're ingesting the energy of guilt. So the first thing you've got to do is reframe your relationship with food so that you know, you're you're not beating yourself up about the food that you're eating, right? That's the first thing. You know, the second thing is gratitude. You know, we talked about that earlier. It's really easy when you're sitting down to a meal to be distracted. Uh, you know, you, you we wanna be on our phones, we wanna be on our laptops, we wanna be having conversations. Nobody has sacred meals anymore where they're just one with their food. And that's probably uh, hands down one of the, the one tool that clients still come back to me after years. I still have my sacred meal every single week they turn off all cell phones they turn off all tv it's just them and their food and in that space they're having gratitude for that moment and that feeling and that sensation of gratitude allows them to literally what i call making love with their food you know if you're not in the moment with your food and you're not you're not thankful for you know experiencing with your five senses you're missing out on so much of the food and being a foodie myself You know, I completely understand. Like that was one of the one things that I had to learn, one of the major things that I had to learn um, because I would eat really fast or I'd eat and I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't eat that much or, you know, oh, so-and-so would think I'm fat and oh, are my jeans going to fit tomorrow, you know? So when you're present in the moment with your food and you're feeling and experiencing gratitude uh, and you're able to experience with the five senses, now all of a sudden that present moment awareness allows you to be present to the thoughts that are coming up right so you know when you're when you're in that space and when you're enjoying food and you're feeling the vibration of the food coming into your body that's when you you notice that these thoughts are now coming into your head and you're you're noticing they don't feel good anymore they're no longer in alignment anymore so it's just a progression of you know reframing the relationship that you have with food and and once you start doing that you start to notice that you make better food choices you make better exercise choices. You want to go out and, and be fit. You want to go out and, you know, park your car a little bit farther from the door. You know, you start to make little changes that all of a sudden your whole life begins to exhibit uh, that, that health. But from that conscious perspective, it literally starts with presence, not beating yourself up and and taking a new approach. You know, who do I want to be with in relationship with my food?
0: And so is that something you did when you were in the process, when you lost 80 pounds? Were you doing that at every meal? Were you doing that at a few meals? Like, Because I know some people could argue like, well, I'm at work and I'm with a bunch of people that I have to eat with or I'm at my desk by myself and I can't tune out. I have to be on those emails. Like, Is that something you did? Like, How can someone do this if they're in that rat race or that grind
1: of their day-to-day Look, I, I'm, I'm kind of a bitch when it comes to this with my clients. Um, I, <laughs> I will be the first one to tell you, grow a pair and take ownership for your life. You really want something bad enough, you'll make time for it. You know, how many people spend countless hours on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on their emails where they could actually sit down and have a meal, you know? Um, and it's in those moments when, we, when we're not being present that we believe that our life is out of control. So, you know, for those people, you know, you've got to really weigh out your priorities. You've got to figure out what's most important to me right now at this point in my life. And as we talked about earlier, aligning with that ideal you, you know, that ideal you uh, for me, you know, was a lot less than I was when I first started. And I I made myself a vision board to remind myself of where I wanted to go so I would make those choices every single day. And whereas, you know, at that point my normal habit was to wake up first thing and turn on the TV. But I put that vision board right in front of me so instead of turning on the TV, I would make my smoothie and I'd go straight to the gym. And I started progressively changing those habits. And even though it was like, "Oh, but what about the news? Or what about this? Or what if I'm not informed?" You know, but <laughs> <laughs> "Oh my gosh, the world is going to end because I didn't watch the news." But um but that being said, when I started realizing, "Okay, the world's not going to come crashing down if I take 15 minutes to myself." Everything is not going to end, right? At that point, I realized that, okay, so my choices are going to create a new reality. And if I really, truly want that reality, I have to be, I have to take ownership. And uh, Stephen Covey uses the word response hyphen ability, yeah, right? Yeah. You have the ability to respond. So, you know, your life is your own. And if you truly want it bad enough, you will make it a priority.
0: I love that book. What's it called? The Stephen Covey book? Uh, the Seven, Seven Habits, Habits of Spirit.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Highly successful people. Yes. Yeah, that yes. one. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Seven habits of highly successful people. Yes. That's a good one. We'll oh, put that, that in, the, was great. in the
0: show notes because mm-hmm. you think that it's just gonna be like here are the tools to success, but it's got a lot of spiritual elements in it. So I like that yeah, one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the other thing about it too is that we're so you know, we're so programmed to try to look for in human nature, we're wanting that quick fix. We want somebody to tell us how to do it and when to do it and what to do. But the problem is, is that each and every one of us is so unique that there is no one size fits all. So when you can separate yourself from that idea and stop seeking a quick fix and realize that you're making a lifelong commitment, that is when things can change for you. Because if, you, if you're if you looking for that, that quick fix, that magic pill, it does not exist. And, and when you understand that this is a lifelong commitment – internally you're going to change. Your mindset's going to change. Your habits are going to change. The people are going to change, you know, and you have to be okay with that.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I I, I don't want to paraphrase or, or simplify what you're saying, but it's like the magic pill doesn't exist. The magic pill is within yourself. There's no drug you can take or diet you can follow or meditation you can do that's going to change everything. You have to change everything and you have the power within yourself. And don't forget that. There's no guru that can help you. Like you can go see a counselor. You can go see an intuitive. And I love doing that stuff because it's helpful. However, when it comes down to it, it's all within here.
2: Yeah. And I think that's really hard sometimes for people to really accept. I have a friend who would call things like that. You got to eat your peas. Like you got to do your hard work. You got to do your inner work. You got to like be honest with yourself, honest where, with where you're at and where you want to go. And you got to, you got to eat your peas. You got to, you know, do <laughs> your work and and take response and responsibility for. Your own shit, I think, was what you said yes. earlier. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um. You know, while I was a personal trainer, I was realizing that I was doing a lot of life coaching with my clients. And, uh, you know, because I-, I could only babysit them so far. Uh, but when they left me in the gym and they went out and made those choices on their own, you know i had to influence them in some way shape or form you know right. and and that being said there was there's a lot of life coaching and and my most successful clients are the ones who actually took action beyond yeah. the gym and and made it a lifestyle change um and and that's that's really where it comes down to it's that basically you know accepting that new reality that that desired reality as your current reality now and making choices actions decisions thoughts habits from that that new place uh, and that's really where the magic happens and that that is where you become the magic pill because you transform into that new reality and you watch it blossom before your very eyes.
0: I love that. You are the magic pill. (laughs) (laughs) Food Deals Nation, we're always searching outside of ourselves for answers. And yes, you can get help from books. You can get help from people. But the truth is it's all within you. So take that quiet moment and listen. What is your inner guidance trying to tell you? And I'm preaching to myself as well because I have those moments and I go, shut up. I can't deal with you right now. But I know messages are are coming. And when I am quiet and I listen, that's when things are born, including this podcast. So things are always coming. Just listen.
1: Yes. So true. So very true.
0: <laughs> okay. And uh, how can we tune into the body for a better understanding of intuitive weight loss? Like, look, we all want to lose weight. We all want to be hot. But I feel like, like you said earlier, we might be coming at it from the wrong perspective. So how can we do it in a conscious, loving way and really get those results that we want?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question too. We have to first take a look at our current beliefs because if, for instance, we've been programmed to believe that this is the way we're going to lose weight or this is the way that you know this person has lost weight, society tells me I'm going to lose weight this way. You know, We've got to take a look at those beliefs first. And we have to take a look at all the things that we've done that have not worked. We also have to take a look at the fact that we are constantly changing. So what worked for us five years ago is not going to work. No matter what you do, it's not going to work for you again. And it's because you're constantly changing. And it's a physiological change. It's on a cellular level as well.
0: Yeah. Your Um, cells regenerate every seven years, right? mm -hmm. So you have a completely different set of cells body than you had seven years ago. So you're constantly changing. Yes. And you are what you eat. So, what you're eating, you are your consciousness. So, your consciousness is changing. So, it's so true. And I know everyone that's done that's like, hmm, I remember. A few years ago, I did this diet and it worked, and now I'm doing it again. Well, it's not working. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. Everything's different.
1: Mm -hmm. Everything is different. Uh, Emotions, thoughts, people, patterns, habits, everything has changed. And the cells actually, you know, they they mentioned this also in uh, What the Bleep, where the cells actually form receptor sites according to the particular emotions that you feed your body on a consistent basis. So if you're feeding your body a lot of negative energy and a lot of negative emotion, you know, your cells are going to be programmed. To only seek out, you know, stimulus from that, yeah. um, you know, and so, so that being said, that's, um, you know, that's something that's really important. So when we when we go back and we we think about tuning into the body, once we take a look at all the the beliefs and you know things that we we thought were true and that we've accepted as our identity, we have to literally choose to listen. We have to choose to listen to that inner guidance, that inner voice. You know, I've literally, I can literally tell, you know, my clients, if you pick up something in your hand, you can feel instantly if you just allow your body to tell you, this is good for me, this is not good for me. And I tell them that with supplements. I tell them that with food. And it's a very subtle, you know, it's a very, very subtle voice, but it's literally takes you walking into a grocery store, picking something up and having your body go, yes, I want this and you can feel it. It's it's like It feels like it's already one with your body, whereas you pick something up and maybe it has a little kind of tingling sensation in your hand. You know, I, I picked up a supplement the other day and I felt like these little jolts in my, and I was like, oh, I can tell I, my body doesn't want that. So I put it right back down. Um, and it's that subtlety that we have programmed ourselves out of listening to uh, because we've been so structured in listening to society uh, that we've forgotten that our body is just subtly speaking to us. Um, Another great way is to take a notebook and chart how specific foods feel to our body. Um, and so I usually say, you know, experiment with different types of foods that you consume on a consistent basis. Um, you know, write down how you feel 30 minutes or an hour after you consume it. You know, most oftentimes people don't realize that they are not good with gluten or dairy, but they're wondering why they always have sinus infections and respiratory issues. And I had those for years, right? When I cut out bread and dairy, all of a sudden I was fine. Yeah. You know? So, you know, those kind of things are really important. You've got to really keep a journal. So you you become a disciple of yourself. You yeah. become your greatest disciple. Um, you know, so that that's also helpful as well.
0: Can I just interject and yeah. tell like a personal story on this? So a long time ago I realized like dairy did not jive with me. And so I know better than to eat it. But what's been happening recently is here I am eating like the most whole food plant-based diet I possibly can and I'm still learning things that don't jive with me. So for example, I get a tingling in the roof of my mouth every time I eat certain foods. And it took me probably a year to start make connecting the dots and going, oh, this happens every time I eat blah blah blah. What I think it is is peanuts and certain forms of gluten. Not every bread, but certain ones. And I'm still figuring it out. But my body is telling me, baby, it is tingling. It's like, don't eat that. It used to tingle a little bit. And now it's to the point of pain. And I just took a bite of food. There's no reason for me to have pain in the roof of my mouth, but it's happening. And so my body is talking to me all the time. I just got to listen. Because I remember in the past that would happen and I would just be like, oh, whatever. You're just having a weird reaction. Like I wouldn't put it together that it was the bite I just took, which is ridiculous. Why wouldn't I put that together? My ego would go, "Oh, don't worry about it, you know." But my inner consciousness is going, "Hey, pay attention to this. You want to feed your body, right? You're trying to do all this stuff. If you say food heals, which I do, then heal yourself, right?" <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and you know, one one other point that that feels really Pertinent to mention is that, you know, even seasonality changes how our body responds to a particular type Mm. of food. Uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about Ayurveda on your show yet, but the study of Ayurveda, um, you know, we talk about the seasons, we talk about, you know, even the location of where your food is grown. All of these things impact the way our body responds to our foods. So, you know, there's a consciousness, there's an energy in your food that you're absorbing. And if by chance you're going through stress, right? Peanuts have a super high amount of arginine in them and people who are really low in lysine cannot consume them or they will typically get cold sores, right? Mm -hmm. So if your immune system is really low, your body is not going to want those peanuts because the arginine is going to throw the lysine out of balance and it's not going to make you feel really good. But in these times when you may be, you know in optimal health, peanuts may be totally cool for you. Yeah. So this is where that journal is really important because you want to keep an eye not only on your physical sensation, but how it affects your brain. You know, what emotional state am I in as I'm feeling these reactions with the food and as I'm relating to the food? Yeah. So these these are the ways that we we communicate with our body. Once you do it on a consistent basis, obviously it becomes a lot easier, but, but it, you've got to start somewhere and you've got to accept it as a lifelong change.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I feel like we have to wrap up just because of time, but I want to have you back. I want to hear... Everything else that we haven't got to—is there anything really pressing that you want to talk about before we find out where everyone could find you online?
1: Not really. Um, you know, there's—I have a lot of projects that are in the works right now. I'm working on my third book, and it's—it's uh, it's called "How to Kick Yourself While You're Down." Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the subtitle is "Karmic Baggage Cleansing for the Type A Female," and the, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like
0: that book is calling my name. <laughs>
1: I, I really feel like that the the point in in time right now, um, in our consciousness, in our society, in our culture, is really is coming for women to really understand their true power and to stop hiding in fear of being judged as bitchy or, you know, overly emotional or irrational or whatever. And, and, you know, for, for us to be assertive without feeling like we have to step into masculine energy to do it. So that's really what the book is about. Um, I'll be launching a program on that uh, after January 1 as well. So, um, a lot of big projects in the works, but, uh, you know, just basically just live your passion, unwrap your gifts and don't be afraid to share your wisdom.
0: Oh my God. Beautiful advice. Beautiful. So we'll put all of your links on the show notes and maybe we'll ba- have you back in the new year when that program is ready and then you can tell everyone about it.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: What is your website? Where can people follow you on social media?
1: So my website right now is alidamcdaniel.com. That's my full name. And uh, you spell it for yes, the A- audience? It's A- A-L-I-D-A-M-C-D-A-N-I-E-L. Dot com. I also am on Twitter uh, at Alita McDaniel. I'm on Instagram at Goddess Intelligence. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. I have a Facebook page. I also have one for Ambassador for Goodness, which is another project I'm working on as well. And then also for Bhakti Bar, I teach a fitness program out in Costa Mesa. It's a combination of Pilates, bar, and yoga, just for fun. Because oh, I... those are my
0: favorite exercises. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I still love fitness, and it's still something that I'm passionate about. So I do that two days a week. So
0: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I know you've given us a lot of great quotes, but what
1: are your final tweetables? Oh, my final tweetables. Okay, let me pull it up right here. (laughs) I have it in my notes. Okay, so I have two. So the first one is acknowledge both pain and pleasure as illusions. Choose the one that feels best and embody it. This becomes your reality.
0: Beautiful.
1: Uh, The second one is this life is the single most important mission you've ever accepted. Use every bit of your potential with immense gratitude.
0: I feel like the Mission Impossible soundtrack should be playing right after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you me. so much, Alita. Thank you.